Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, September 24th, 2013. Today we are reading from the big book. You'll find us in Chapter 6, entitled Into Action. We are on page 84, the second paragraph, beginning with, This thought brings us to step 10. And today's readers are Helena, Paula, Du, and Devorah. The share ID number for yesterday's meeting, Monday, September 23rd, 5196. 5196. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Amy W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Amy W. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholic, uh, sorry, to over, compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Pass. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. I will now call on Philomena to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Philomena, Recover Compulsive Reader. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, 
a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinions on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Philomena. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 84 in the chapter entitled Into Action. We're on page 84, second paragraph, beginning with this thought brings us to step 10. And I will ask Helena to begin reading, please. Good morning. This is Helena. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you. This thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. We vigorously commenced this way of living as we cleaned up the past. We have entered the world of the spirit. Our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It should continue for our lifetime. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, 
we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately and make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. Um, I'm Helena, recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. Um, this we were studying already yesterday, and there is so much that can be um, said about this. So I'm very grateful that we are reading it again. When I first was uh, introduced to working the steps in, according to the precise directions here in this book, um, and I reached this point after doing step nine in painstakingly with a sponsor, and now was beginning to work step 10, it was uh, apparent to me that there is a formula here for dealing with negative emotions, with things that could cut me off from the sunlight of the spirit, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Of course, as was discussed yesterday, there is... um, an order here. Ask God at once to remove them. I remember calling my sponsor about a problem, an issue I was having, and she said to me, did you ask God to remove your resentment before you called me? And I said, well, no. Okay, we'll do that, and then we will discuss it. So as as the few years have passed, however, I'm reading this differently, and uh, my book almost opens right here by itself to this paragraph because there is so much and so many levels that this can be read. Um, I have the understanding now that this is not an overnight matter, that I did not suddenly become perfect after working the first nine steps and beginning to live in 10, 11, and 12, that none of us have. The big book cautions us over and over that nobody can do this perfectly and that in spite of all that hard work that we have done and we needed to do, we have only begun. We vigorously commenced this way of living. We began this way of living. We have entered the world of the spirit. All this hard work that we have done and we have only entered the world of the spirit and that we will be growing for the rest of our lives. Um, we're going to be cautioned later not to rest on our laurels because we are not cured. We may be recovered, but we are not cured. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. And as soon as we realize that we have fallen short in this way, not, when, not if, but when, as soon as we realize, then we must immediately deal with it. And I'm going to pass now because I'm sure there's so many other things that can be said about this that others can say more eloquently. Helena, thank you. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Kathy? Deborah, may I? Kathy and then Deborah. Go ahead, Kathy. Thank you, Raya, for your service. I'm Kathy, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, This step is so important, and I read it every day. And I just picked up on something um, that I hadn't realized before, which is uh, very uh, helpful to me, um, that this is only a beginning, and we must continue it for a lifetime. I just had an experience recently where I was going through um, some difficult, emotion, uh, specifically a a very deep fear, um, which I kept surrendering and I kept 
taking it back. And I said to my sponsor, um, I must not really be recovered. I must have to go back and do some of the work in 4 through 9 again. Otherwise, I wouldn't be struggling like this. And this paragraph not only tells me what I need to do, but warns me that this is a lifelong process and we need to continue it uh, on a daily basis. Um, I also appreciate how the steps are really outlined here and actually um, not only do we look for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, but we've been taught uh, through steps four through nine how to actually... um, pray about these, how to write about these, um, how to talk about these with our fellows. Um, So sometimes it takes me uh, using four or five different approaches, all of which I learned from the big book before the negativity is lifted. And that's okay. Um, There are days that are really easy, and then there are days when I have to work these tools really uh, often and fully, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Deborah, please go ahead. Yes, good morning. It's Deborah, and um, good morning, fellows, and um, thank you for walking this road of recovery with me. And um, along my journey, I learned um, from someone else in the program that a quick way for me to remember the essence of this paragraph of step 10 is to pray, tell, amends, and service. Four key phrases. I pray first when something disturbs me, the ups and downs of the day, um, whether it's a fear, any character defect, that uh, or the selfishness as before that they mentioned. But my first thank you training is that I pray, God, you know, show me the next right thing to do. God, save me from being angry. And then to discuss it with someone else that's not affected. You know, discussing with my husband how resentful I am at him is not the point. I need to get an unaffected, a, a sponsor, another recovered person, and, you know, they can help guide, uh, which has been a blessing, and I, you know, am grateful to have a chance to reciprocate. But let's go to the big book. What does it say? You know, how can we get through this? And then make the amends, um, if that is the appropriate thing to do. Sometimes it's just uh, letting go of my own self-judgment and ego, or it could be I was criticizing somebody else and I need to own up to my harm. And then I like the part about the service. That was something I didn't get, of course, kind of in the first round of my 30-year opportunity to be in program was to be of service. And, you know, it may have nothing to do with me. I mean, I could go out and you know, 
clean the bathroom at a you know a grocery store if I'm you know shopping that day I could uh, pick up papers in a parking lot but just something to get out of myself to to just ego deflation and I really to wrap up it's just I still have to share that that line on uh, 35 of the big book within Jim's story. All went well for a while, but he failed to expand his spiritual life. And living in 10, 11, and 12. Um, and if you want to work on your character defects, just volunteer to work on a committee in OA. And that seems to bring mine out and give me more and more opportunity to just, okay, God, thank you for letting me know and helping me get less judgmental and more accepting and open-minded. Thank you very much. With that, I will pass. Excuse me. Thank you, Deborah. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I say it? I heard Bella, Sally, and was there someone else? Let's start with Bella. Okay, good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you very much, Leah, for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line, and with them we can make this meeting. Uh, It's a wonderful, wonderful paragraph, and it's a paragraph with a hope. It gives us a hope. And I like the sentence, as we cleaned up the past, It brings us again that our goal, our new goal in life, when we cleaned up our past, our goal is to make a better um, present and to try to to be able to to look for a hope for a a more successful future. Our our, um, Work in life is not to clean the past and to want to leave the past because the past is past. It's gone already. But when we cleaned already the past, we have the tools to live a better life now in the present. And how we can live a better present when we remember uh, uh, we have entered the world of the spirit. What mind, What means the world of spirit? It's a reminder that we are human. We are not God. We are human and we are not perfect. And we have to look for progress and not for perfect. What means progress? Yes, we are human. And even though we cleaned our past, we still have our character defect. And the, by cleaning the past, we are now aware. In the past, we have our character defects, but we weren't aware of them. Now we are in an awareness. And it's okay. We might have the selfishness and the fear, and it's okay. We are aware now, and we know that we can ask all the time the higher power. We can ask God to help us to remove them. And the awareness is, the pre- is, is a present for us to live happier and more successful present. Thank you very much for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you. Sally, go ahead. 
star one to unmute, Sally. Oh, I'm sorry, Leah. I've done that three times already. Um, good morning, Leah. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Sally A., um, com- a recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey. So this is a very important paragraph. I honestly don't remember ever having read this paragraph in 30 years in OA. So I look at this and I just marvel that it has all of the components of the 12th step included in this one paragraph. Um, to begin with, it says continue three times in this, in this one paragraph. And that's what step 10 is telling us. It's telling us to continue what you've done in steps one through nine. Continue to take personal inventory. Continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. Continue a few lines down. Continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And there we see step four, continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And we're we're basically told to continue to take personal inventory on a daily basis now. We're now going to keep an eye, continue to watch. We're going to watch for these things to crop up, which it tells us in the next part. And then we ask God at once to remove them. And that's six and seven. Ask him to remove what? All of our character flaws fall into one of those categories, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. So we ask God at once to remove them, steps six six and seven. Then we discuss them with someone immediately. And there we see our fifth step in sharing and giving it away and in shedding light on it and not staying in a position of isolation, but instead in sharing it with someone. And then we make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. And there's our steps eight and nine. And then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. And there's step 12. And it has all the earmarks of turning to God. So steps three and step 11. And it it just has every component of the entire 12 steps. I look at this and I... I just marvel that I never, ever reached step 10. I never had an understanding that what I was doing in steps 1 through 9 was to clear up the wreckage of my past and to get, become unblocked so that the Spirit could flow through me and so that I could live in this way in steps 10, 11, and 12. I'm not beating myself up anymore over this because I truly believe that it was in all in God's time and there was there were reasons and there was much for me to learn. Even in being lost, there was much and much for me to learn. And um thank you for letting me share Leah and with that I pass. Thank you, Sally. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'll offer some comments here. This thought brings us to step 10. So uh, obviously we've worked um, one through nine. We have implemented those in our lives. Um, Our lives have been transformed from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. 
Uh, now we're at step 10. We're recovered, uh, according to the big book. But just because we're recovered, we never rise above being human. It says this thought brings us to step 10, which suggests we continue to take personal inventory and continue to set right any new mistakes as we go along. Um, people often uh, believe that the personal inventory just is step four. That's incorrect. Uh, the inventory process actually is steps four through nine. Steps 10 essentially, as was just uh, commented on, is is that process done quickly. A good healthy step 10 is always based on how well we have understood steps four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, because you see all of that encompassed in this paragraph. Uh, we will make new mistakes. You know, again, being recovered doesn't mean we have risen above being human. We're not exempt from human failings such as selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Uh, just like my body will uh, express pain due to an injury, uh, the same with emotional pain. You know, emotional pain like selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear is a sign that something is wrong. It's a sign that my character is off track in some way. I've, I'm malaligned with God. I'm malaligned. If I'm feeling spiritual pain and that pain expresses itself in selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear, then I am separated from God. There's some uh, disharmony that's occurring, and these spiritual pests, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear will rear their head. They will. That's why I have to continue to watch for them. Um, I'm reminded of that statement in the AA 12 and 12. It's a spiritual axiom that every time I'm disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with us, something wrong with me. So this paragraph, step 10, uh, gives me a lot of responsibility. The quality of my life and the quality of my mind and the quality of my spiritual health is up to me. By implementing those first nine steps, I've done a lot of growing up. I have a new way of life, and it's a healthier way of relating to other people, relating to myself, relating to God. Um, but I'm not finished. <laughs> I'm not finished. I mean, just like anything in life, uh, it's not an overnight matter. We are either continuing to grow or we're going to deteriorate. That's true for the state of a tree, right? <laughs> a tree is either continuing to grow or it is beginning to deteriorate. And that's true for me as well. That is true for me as well. I'm going to continue to either grow in understanding and effectiveness or my spiritual health, my spiritual well-being is going to deteriorate. You know, external conditions were never a remedy for someone like me. I have an internal condition, an internal condition called compulsive overeating. It happens to be um, arrested at this point. I am recovered. But I am still human, obviously. It should continue for a lifetime. This is a way of life for people. Uh, like you and I, we continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them, reminding me of step six and seven. We discuss them with someone immediately. 
reminding me of step five and make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Again, a reflection of step eight and nine. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help or carrying the message. Step 12, love and tolerance of others is our code. Again, this is this is essentially steps four through nine done very, very quickly in the form of step 10. It's not a new step. In a way, it's a summary of all the steps that have come before us. How do I continue to grow? How do I continue to live? If I want to remain abstinent, if I want to remain uh, serene, I have to continue to grow. Maintaining my spiritual condition requires growth. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? Hi, this is Eileen. Could I speak? Yes. Go ahead. Hi. I'm really grateful for this meeting and um, so grateful for Step 10 and and hearing all the sharing on this meeting. And, And it's such a depth. I've been around for many years and have done the big book step study process as a way to go through the steps many years ago. And I am so grateful for step 10. I try to be aware of the step every day. And I'm so grateful for the fellowship of the program where I can call somebody and talk about whatever it is that's going on with me. And uh, this is where I get relief on a daily basis. And I just want to, you know, say those few words and pass and and say thank you to everybody that she has on this program. Thanks. Thank you, Eileen. Anyone else before we move to the next paragraph? Rose? Rose, go ahead. Thank you. This is Rose Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York, and uh, I just have briefly one thing, which is the last sentence um, after I was taken through the book here and the first nine steps and got up to this these maintenance steps of 10, 11, and 12, and 10 being, as was said, actually, four through nine daily, which it, in my experience, it needs to be that in a vigorous way. But the um, the conclusion of this entire paragraph with love and tolerance of others is our code, a code being a set of principles the principles being the principles of these it's that um, the instruction there very quietly and very lovingly placed in right at the end of the paragraph as a a quiet command the, the way the program speaks um, there are no must yet there are a whole bunch of them throughout the whole book if you don't want to get drunk, you must do this, and I prefer that type of uh, direction myself. Um, love and tolerance of others is our code, and I have to say that that has really been a the um, one of the hugest of the principles in grasping what is put forth in this paragraph. And in asking God for the help to literally come into me and teach me, teach me, because it's, and anyway, I'll close with that. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. Did I hear someone else wanting to share? Lois, go ahead. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Lois, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. 
And um, yeah, I am privileged to hear, be here with all of you to sharing this paragraph, this um, powerful paragraph that we've been given the privilege of uh, reading and practicing. The word that popped into my mind today is a special one for me. It's perseverance. And I, I know, I realize today, for me, that's a spiritual principle. You know, in, in, my, in my, all of my life, I would say two-thirds of my life, you know, I was never able to persevere in many things, you know, when I was into compulsive overeating and acting as an addict. And um, my, I was ruled by my feelings. And, and I didn't know any of this, of course. And, you know, I, I, I had many good qualities at the time, but I, I was never able to count on anything. You know, I never had a strong foothold in life. And um, that's one of the things that working this program on a daily basis has given me. First of all, it's given me, you know, a way to persevere, you know, to, um, to uh, it's a guide for living. It's a recipe for, you know, a wonderful life for myself or anyone who could practice this. And, and, you know, like somebody mentioned earlier about continuing, continue, continuing to do this. You know, uh, I was never able to continue. I always had good intentions, but I was never able to follow through with that as an addict. And in my recovery and as I have recovered, you know, and, and applied this every day of my life with, with, with joy, with gladness of heart, you know, I have been able to persevere, not only, you know, in working the principles, to per- persevere in working through my relationships with others and, and, and just persevere with my relationship with God. So I am very grateful, and I, I do have that word um, outlined somewhere on my desk, that perseverance is very special to me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lois. Let's move on to the next paragraph, please, with Paula. This is Paula, Recovered Compulsible Rita. We start with the word end. End. That connects. All these things. End. We have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol. There I was given the most magnificent gift. I was given back the gift of time. Because I've stopped fighting anything or anyone. Somebody asked me, can you do this on a Monday morning? Oh, shudder on a Monday morning. I can tell you what my weekends were like. And probably they maybe Paula, they were ex- similar. Excuse yes. me, if you could please read the paragraph and then comment. Thank oh. you very much. Leah? Hmm. Distractible I am. I am so sorry. Thank you, Leah. Stand corrected here. And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit 
spiritual condition. Thank you. I guess we all know where Paula wants to begin, and that would be in the beginning. And I'm not going to repeat myself totally, but I just want to say on that end, I realized today that gift of time that I was given. Someone asked, and I will repeat this, can you do something on a Monday morning? And a Monday morning I avoided, as they said, like the plague because of what my weekends consisted of. But today, gladly and happily, because I have ceased, I have stopped fighting anything or anyone. My world has opened. My day has opened. Time in the gift of has been given back to me. It said, for by this time, again, sanity will have returned. I didn't have it. I lived a life in insanity, but by this time, here we are. We've completed the nine steps, living in the tenth step, reading, yes, but living what we have read. Sanity will have returned. You know, I had it one time. I had it one time, and then it was given back. There were so many lines here, and I'm not going to go into every one of them because I love listening and learning, but I will tell you I'd like to scoot down to that last line. That is our experience. That is our experience. That is how we react. So long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. That is why I am here. That is why I listen. This is why I read. This is why I learn and live. I must keep in fit spiritual condition. Go for a walk every day. Do my my exercise. You bet I do. You bet I do. Every day, though, the exercise I start with to keep in fit spiritual condition is to get on my knees and pray to my God, who has done all these miracles for me, separate me from this disease itself. And that, with that, I do pass. Glory. Thank you, Paula. Anyone else like to comment on Devorey. this paragraph? Devorey, Kim? go ahead. And then Kim. Hi, it's Devorey, recovered compulsive overeater. Okay, the 10-step promises, it's just like, it sounds like a dream, but it actually happens. So promised one, and we have ceased fighting anything, anyone, even food. Promised two, for by this time sanity will have returned. Promised three, we will seldom be interested in liquor. Promised four, if tempted, we recoil from it as from a half plane. Promised five, we react daily and normally. And we will find that this has happened automatically. Promise six, we will see that our new attitude towards liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. Promise seven, we are not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. Promise eight, we feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. Promise nine, we have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. Promise 10, we are neither cocky nor are we afraid. And then it ends with us warning. That is how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. Now, I just want to pick up on, you know, three promises. For by this time, sanity will have returned. Remember in step two, you know, you know, we're, we're, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. So, you know, step number one was the conclusion that we're insane with the food. And step number two is the conclusion then that God could restore our sanity. Now, we're not sane yet. 
And we made the decision by step number three on belief because someone told me, someone came and told me that, you know, we have a way out. Now, we made our decision to turn our will, which is our thinking, and our life, which is our acting, to the care of God. Now, when we get to step number 10, step number 9, look at this. Sanity will have returned. And we know it already. Why? Because it, ha- it has actually happened to me. I'm sane with the food. And then we're sane with life. But it starts, you know, sanity will have returned. And now we know it. It's not unbelief anymore. And when we get to this place also, the actual, you know, action of turning my will and my life over to God actually happens over here. It starts with a decision, and here's the action. You know, step 10 is that action of living as a recovered person, step 4 through 9. So that was one thing that I just had to pick up. And the other thing is... um, I'm just looking at it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We've been in a position of neutrality, safe, and protected. I love these words. I'm not fighting anymore. I'm not sweating my you know, self through the day and it, telling myself if I put my head on the pillow and it's an abstinence that I've had the best day that I can ever imagine. I'm not telling myself that no matter what happens and if I have an abstinence day, then my life is amazing. I'm not kidding myself anymore. It's just, you know, I'm safe, I'm protected, and I'm not avoiding temptation. Um, and the position of neutrality, this idea that I can go anywhere, any place, do anything, anything can happen to me, and I'm safe and protected. It's, it's like I'm not scared of anything. I'm holding hands with God. And these are the promises, and it tells me clearly here, I haven't torn off, which I've done all my life. The problem has been removed, obsession driven out. It's gone. Um, you know, and it's again, with that warning, I love this warning. So long I keep in fit spiritual condition, so close I practice these principles in all my affairs. So close I so so long I stay I stay close to God. Pass. Thank you. Kim, please go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, I so wish these were the promises that we read instead of the nine-step promises in all my meetings, because this is the reason I came to OA. I wanted freedom from the food. I wanted freedom from my mind. And this is where it happens, when we complete these action steps. You know, so what I do is I take these promises and I compare these to what the abstinence, what is my experience in abstinence? So, for example, we are neither cocky nor are we afraid. Well, when I was abstinent only, I was extremely cocky. When I would get down to my gene size that I wanted, I was telling everybody I knew all the answers. Do my food plan. This is what you're supposed to do. Or I was terrified. Oh, my God, I'm one bite away. I'm one bite away. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? I have to control everything, people, places, and things. I have to avoid people, places, and things. That was my experience accident. We feel as though we were placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. I have to tell you, some of my most uncomfortable times is in a restaurant with a bunch of abstaining compulsive overeaters who are not working the steps. Because we're crazy. We are not neutral around the food. It's all about control. It's all about getting what you want. What restaurant are we going to go to? Who's doing this? Don't put this on the table. Don't put that on the table. You can't have that in front of me. 
there is no neutrality around the food when it comes to that. You know, a couple of weeks ago, one of my neighbors opened up an ice cream shop in town. And I was able to go there with my parents and my aunts and my mom. And I was so grateful to be able to give business to my, my neighbor. I was grateful to see my aunts enjoy the ice cream. And I didn't care. I'm in a place of neutrality. I'm safe and protected. What other people do with food is not a threat to me. That's the promise of this program. You know, we often, I, Rose has said, there's no must in this program. What it is, there's no must in the fellowship. The only thing we need, the requirement to be in this fellowship, is a desire to stop eating. We can sit in these rooms for 10, 20, 30 years, and many of us do, being tortured by this disease. But if you want to recover, if you want to experience these promises, there's a lot of must. And there's a lot of have-tos. And there's a lot of discipline that God will have us do by working these steps. And the last thing is, I, I remember saying this for years in abstinence, because this was my experience in abstinence. Today, I have to take the tiger out of the cage three times a day. That's why being a compulsive reader is so much worse than being an alcoholic. And I would picture that tiger in the cage absolutely going back and forth and stalking me. Read these promises. That's not the experience of a recovered person. That is the experience of someone who is abstinent and an untreated compulsive overeating because a compulsive overeater needs to do these steps. And if we do these steps, these promises will be our experience. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Mark. Bella. Can I share? I heard Bella. Penny C. Well. Penny C. Go ahead, Bella. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I am a compulsive overeater. Thank you, Leah, for leading this meeting, and thank you, everybody, for staying on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph. And I will. I am looking at the sentence, the problem has been removed. Yes, before we are in the program, it reminds me like when when we have a problem in with our health. So we are going to the best doctor that can give us a diagnosis, what's the problem. And then when he knows what's the problem, you know, he knows how to treat it. When a child has a problem in school, either with learning or with behavior, and the teacher tries this way and that way, and it doesn't work, we are going to the best evaluator to find out what's the problem? You know, when we know what's the problem, we know how to deal with this. And wow, till now, I didn't know what's my problem. I just, know, I, I just knew that I am eating, I am trying to lose weight, and I cannot. And I thought that the problem is because I, am, I don't have the right eating skills. And what's a miracle? What's a miracle that, thank God, I am in the, in the program, and I know what's the problem. The problem is not my compulsive overeating. The problem is not that I am eating and I am gaining. This is only a symptom. Thank God I found what's the problem. The problem is my connection, my connection with myself, my connection with God, and 
thank God it's a miracle that I know the problem is removed. I know that my compulsive overeating is an awareness of something is wrong with my, with my connection. And now being in the program, I have the tools to know how to have a better connection with myself, with my creator. And the problem is removed. Now I know already that the food is not the problem. It, 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 it's such a relief. And to deal with the problem, I have now the tools of the 12 steps. And it's a miracle that I know already how to deal with, with the real problem. And it's a wonderful, wonderful present for me that I can be connected with myself as a human being to look for the progress and not to look for, for perfect and to know that I have a loving father, a loving friend that I can be connected with him no matter what. And I am looking for progress and not for perfect one day at a time. Thank you very much for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you. Penny C, go ahead. Kaya? Did you call my name? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Penny. Thank you. This is Penny from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I'm focusing on that word miracle. Uh, every time I read this part of the big book and see that word miracle, I realize that Bill W. and those early uh, hundred who who um, put this this first 164 pages together didn't use a word lightly. Bill was a stickler for the meaning and the presentation of his English grammar and the words that he used. And so when when they chose to put miracle, it's a miracle of it, that they, 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 they really believe that, as I do. I've seen it. I've seen it happen in my life. A miracle is something that can't be explained by science or nature. It's just something that happens that's beyond human explanation. So there has to be the working of, of a higher power somehow in that. And for me, a real compulsive overeater who spent 47 years of my life from the time I can remember as a little child just go into the food for, for whatever, whatever um, bothered me or made me happy. Um, it, it was against, against the explanation of science or, or um, nature that I could ever stop. It was no matter what I tried to do, no matter what outside help I got, till I discovered that my higher power could perform miracles and does. And so today, you know, I, I have this gift of of abstinence, of recovery, of of like someone else said, you know, I I was invited to a birthday party on Sunday and it was the most beautiful cake and somebody said to me this was very interesting um, when they cut it and everybody had a piece and I simply said no thank you and there were people there who didn't know about my recovery or the fa- or what I ate 
Oh, didn't eat. And the gentleman next to me said, oh, you don't know what you're missing. And in my mind, I said, oh, yes, I know what I'm missing. You know, I, I, I'm missing whatever hap- would happen to me if I ingested one of those, even a bite of that binge food of mine. And that's a miracle. But I, I enjoyed, I truly enjoyed seeing the decorations on this on this cake, watching other people enjoy it and um and 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 there wasn't another person there that that looked like he or she shared my disease, but I don't know. And they all enjoyed it and I could be happy for them. That is truly, truly a miracle. And with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else want to comment on this paragraph? Chaya. Margaret. Chaya, and then Margaret. Carol, Hi, everybody. This is Chaya, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Dallas, Texas. So grateful to be here this morning and so grateful for what we're speaking about today. And I also uh, wish that these were the promises that were read. Um, it's a barometer. It's, you know, how do you know you recovered? People say, how do you know you recovered? Um, when you experience this, and I'll tell you, for many, 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 many years in a way, abstinent, thin body, working steps, um, but not not exactly as they were written out of this book, and not fully understanding the doctor's opinion, what is and isn't sober, according to a compulsive eater, and doing it at the pace and with the exact directions, without adding a whole bunch of fluff to it, just looking at what's there, reading somewhat between the lines and doing the action, and then continuing with this step. This is vital. Um, I, I was not this picture, you know, that we just described in these promises. Um, and I never fully understood the safe and protected problem has been removed, and certainly, uh, and it has happened automatically <laughs> with no effort on our part. I would be like, what are you talking about? I've been working so hard. What do you mean effortlessly? you know, that, that, it, that automatically, that it's with no effort on my part. One, when I went through the steps um, this last year after finding this particular Overeaters Anonymous meeting, uh, that, that's called The Vision for You, um, and was uh, studying the book in this way as it's written, um, and went through the steps um, exactly as they, you know, what, what's said in the book, studying the doctor's opinion, and went through this, when I got to step nine, this was my experience, and I feel like, oh my gosh, I, you know, it's, I, a lot of times I give the analogy of, you know, my husband having sinus surgery, you know, he did a lot of pre-op, you know, investigating, conclusions that he had to make, went, decided to have, you know, that he needed the surgery, decided to have the surgery, went and did all the things the doctor told him to do, but then he laid on the table and had the surgery, and now he does his maintenance, you know, so that he doesn't, um, you know, get any clogging or anything like that. Did he do the surgery? Did he remove the problem? No, the doctor did, you know. And so I feel like, you know, I have the big doctor with capital D, you know, um, called God, higher power, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, it says God in the book. And um, as we understand him, so it doesn't matter what your exact perception is of God. But, you know, that, <laughs> that all those years I tried so many things in OA, and hadn't gotten to that place. And um, to be in that place is, is quite remarkable. But how do I stay in that place? 
you know, the book, like Devore said earlier, you know, we've got that promise slash warning at the end, which is so long as we keep in fit for condition. How? By continue by this step that we're working right that we're talking about right now, step 10, 10, which is a daily throughout the day practice and doing those four things. One, you know, we said in the paragraph earlier, you know, ask God to remove it, talk to somebody, make amends, and then help somebody else. And um, and then follow it up with steps um, 11 and 12, which we will obviously get to um, shortly. But this is this is the miracle of it. And boy, do I wish we read these promises in our meetings because that would certainly it would have helped me understand, you know, a what the goal is, what the aim is, what my objective is here, and um, and then if I'm there. And um, you know, it is not an overnight matter. We commence, you know, this we just began. Um, and that this is something that I do continuously, um, not in a sledgehammer kind of way, but in a uh, out of love because I love, love, love being in this place of neutrality. I love being able to give it away, and I love being of maximum service to God. And um, I'll tell you, walking around with love and tolerance of others is a way, way, way more comfortable existence. Um, than the way um, I used to, even in OA, um, walk around. And I, I attribute it um, to this process of, of the steps. And, and, uh, and I'm grateful for this meeting, for the fellowship that I have um, here with, with all of you and the, the gift of being able to pass it on. Oh, nothing like it. So thanks so much for letting me share. Everyone should. And I want to just welcome all the new people. We're going to welcome you very soon, but please stick around. We're on step 10. <laughs> We've done a lot of work up to Thank here. Thank you, Chaya. So Thanks. Margaret, please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, Leigh. Good morning, Vision, for you. Um, yes, you know, uh, neutrality. Never in my life did I dream I could get to a neutrality. But I just wanted to bring in uh, step 12 of the AA 12 and 12, um, which I think fits here. It says, when a man or a woman has a spiritual awakening, the most important meaning of it is that he has now become able to do, feel, and believe that which he could not do before on his unaided strength and resources alone. He has been granted a gift which amounts to a new state of consciousness and being. He has been set on a path which tells him that he is really going somewhere, that, it, that life is not a den, dead end, not something to be endured or mastered. And, and you can go on and read that on page 107 in the AA 12 and 12. But, you know, to be in a place where it's not to be endured and mastered, you know, to be in that place of neutrality. And yet the other day we used that word materialize. And I, I said that that word kept me hanging on for so long because I did believe it would materialize. And if you were out there and you were hearing people saying that this is working for them, it will materialize if you work for them. And it's not a dead end. It's the first time, been in a program a long time, as many others, years, 30-some years, I don't know how I stayed. Uh, God God kept me. God bless him. God kept me here because I could not find the solution. And today I know without a shadow of doubt that I am not on a dead end road. And as I said on this uh, meeting many, many times, um, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you. But today I know where I'm going. And that that is just such, that's just such a gift. And to know that I have to continue and want to continue on this road because I know it really goes somewhere. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
Thank you, Margaret. This is Leah, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I just would like to uh, contrast this paragraph with our pre-liberation days on on page 24. It says on 84, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor if tempted recoil from it as from a hot flame. Let's contrast that quickly with page 24 before we were liberated by this program of recovery. In the middle of the page, it says, the almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted with the old threadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. The program of recovery, specifically steps four through nine, transform us from a self-centered existence, an existence of self-destruction, to a God-centered existence. God has made this possible. Only a power greater than ourselves could remove that obsession of the mind. You know, left to our own devices, we always found our hands back in the cellophane bag and cellophane boxes, but we have stopped Uh, fighting anyone or anything or anybody, the food and weight were only a symptom. You know, we come in here, we believe food and weight are our problem. Food and weight are not our problem. Food and weight are symptoms of a problem. Our real problem is selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And when we bring God into that equation through the working of the steps, we don't think that way anymore and we don't eat that way anymore because we're not plagued with the delusion that we can wrest satisfaction out of this world if only we manage it well. As it says in the AA 12 and 12, these 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which if practiced as a way of life can expel, drives out the obsession to drink, and enables the sufferer to become happily and usefully whole. And with that, I'm going to pass, and now we will close the meeting with the reading from page 164, and I'm going to ask Du to please read that for us. Good morning. This is Du, Recovering Compulsive Overeater from New York. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.